0: Hello, welcome to the SCORE Life & Health Innovation Podcast. My name is Nia Escobar-Kolle, and I am your host for today. I'm part of the Life & Health Ventures team, and I'm excited to share with you experiences, ideas, and thoughts from individuals who are revolutionizing our ecosystem. From founders to investors or corporates, our world is changing rapidly, and we want to come together with you to explore those changes to understand and live transformation at SCORE. In this episode, We're exploring how diagnostic tools like MRIs and x-rays can be combined with artificial intelligence to become data-driven and patient-focused. Today, we're talking to Fabienne Beckers, co-founder of Arteries, a startup whose mission is to radically transform the world of medical imaging and diagnostics. The company has raised more than $40 million and was the first to receive FDA clearance for a cloud-based product with artificial intelligence, and currently has five FDA clearances. With the presence in 28 countries, Arteries continues to focus on solving some of radiology's most pressing needs, including cardiovascular disease or COVID-19. Hi, Fabian. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm very good. Thank you. Very excited about talking to you today.
1: Likewise. Very nice. Thank you for reaching out and organizing
0: it. Of course. Of course. Thank you also for accepting and for taking some time to talk to us. Fabian, could you tell us about Arteris, please?
1: Yes, yeah, I can. So Arteris is a company created at Stanford eight years ago by two physicians from Stanford, someone who went and did a PhD in engineering and myself. And the idea behind Arteris is really about looking at healthcare from a very new lens as it was before. So if you look at healthcare today, and even today, although the COVID is changing and accelerating that transition... Healthcare is still in a pre internet state. Isn't it? Everything that you do is very much on premise inside the hospitals, in the same way other industries were in the 80s, in, in many ways. Um, and so the, the, the idea behind Artist was about how can we really try to make healthcare and the diagnosis part of it, which is, of course, very important, uh, data driven instead of being uh, uh, an opinion of someone uh, at the uh, moment of the day, as well as equalize and democratize the same quality of diagnosis to the world um to everyone so that was the, the, the idea behind it and how to make it happen was to really understand structurally how the healthcare was functioning um and uh, therefore we felt that if we can move healthcare and a big piece of diagnosis is medical imaging for going from offline to online and be a true internet-based service then a lot of the issues you have today in healthcare around the world um will be addressed so namely you have accuracy you have productivity you have reach you have the way to start crunching that data to make it more and more precise, and also opening the door to the new frontier, which is to be able to combine those data and not just imaging, but other data sources as well in healthcare on a very large data cohort size to make healthcare become predictive and preventative, which is what I think we've been passionate about trying to spearhead and pioneer at Artis for the last eight years. Um, so ArtRis is a plat- an online platform. It's a first, I think, it's the only web service for imaging that really is a, a AI-based medical imaging viewer. So basically, you can upload your images online um, from anywhere. You can have AI that can be really applied from also anywhere to it, taking into consideration data privacy and, and data rights. And then you basically have a very high accuracy diagnosis, the same as if you were to use on your mobile phone or Google um, Maps or another kind of app, map service for um, those kinds of uh, information here is applied to medical imaging. So the whole images is analyzed. All the tumors have been detected, quantified, tracked over time, and then, as I mentioned, the next frontier is to be able to make recommendation uh, for similar patient analysis, so where that patient could be um, best served.
0: So talking about medical imaging, I mean, until now, it's mostly focused on bone and tissues, so traditional medical imaging. Uh, but arteries actually combined blood flow and sets of 40 models, I mean, in 10 minutes and less. So what are the medical implications of this approach?
1: Mm-hmm. That's a great question. So it's the same underlying issue that I mentioned. The fact it was pre-internet and all on-prem, you don't have a lot of computation available to the physician and if you believe in structural thinking if you have the same input you lead to the same output so you have to change drastically the game to have drastically uh, new outcomes and so in that regard when we started we want to bring that notion of data driven medicine to healthcare and we realized that this one technology at Stanford that was created to enable for the first time to use an MRI or imaging um, to visualize and quantify blood flow inside the body which you can imagine is truly important um, for heart condition or stroke or any kind of, even kidney and and and, and renal issues as well. Uh, but it could be done for multiple reasons. One is the compute level that they have couldn't enable to process and visualize those images, nor they were able to really um, make them available. So we felt that a cloud platform can really enable that. So we created a new domain in medicine that's today really um, growing extremely fast, which is about 40 flow. 40 flow enables you to really, within a few minutes, We used to be an hour and a half on newborn with heart defects. You can imagine you have a a baby coming blue out of a, um, after a few days of being born and they don't know what's going on. And so today is a very painful and lengthy process to find out what's going on. And with technology within a few minutes, you can just MRI, um, the newborn and find exactly what's going on on all sides of his heart and, and, and which quantification values. So that's what we started with. And then the same, thesis and the same infrastructure was then applied to bring more and more of that um, philosophy to other domain of healthcare. So we applied the AI on the heart afterwards because we had a compute requirement. And so we, I think, uh, were the first complete great FDA clear for Cloud AI solution. Um, and then on top of it, then we went to do oncology, we went to apply all those down to cancer. Um, and then we went to other domain. And at the end, we just decided to um, made our platform and infrastructure available to the world so more people can build AI and make it available to you.
0: So besides imaging and the time and, and the accuracy of reading those medical images, um, what's the impact on the medical treatment of patients when you, when doctors are using arteries?
1: Yeah, so it depends on, on what domain they're using. So in the case of the fully Flow technology we initially started initially, there's a lot of cases when we had either um, patient or doctors that called us and tell us, look, without 40 flow, we have missed a patient. So we are either doing an open heart surgery on that patient we should have done or we would have missed um, um, an issue in their, in their heart that would have become uh, most likely fatal. And so in that, we got having real um, kind of precise view of what's going on, enabled the doctor to make it better uh, diagnosis and has to give them the, the right treatment so that's on the case of cardiovascular diseases in the case of oncology there's many instances whereby we were at large academic institution and they called us because without ai they would have missed some lesion um, so if you take the case of lung cancer for example those really small lesions in the lung um, if you diagnose them early then you can treat them and i think the 5 year Survival rates around 50, 60%. But if you miss them and you come back a year later and they stage four, the survival rate is 4%. And so being able to, again, have a real accurate picture of what's going on, um, enables us to, to pick the right treatment at the right time, which is a critical piece of, of um, a great healthcare.
0: So you have three main focuses for for arteries, right? You have cardiovascular disease, lung cancer detection, and emergency radiology. How did you get to those cases?
1: Hmm, That's a great, great question. So I think it was also about uh, two factors. Uh, I would say even three, I'd say. One is about the importance from the clinical side. How can we impact the patients which are the most um, affected clinically by those issues so of course heart cancer and um and er makes a lot of sense uh, it's also a condition of market size so you want to talk something where there's a real um strong market and the third p- pillar of our decision was about how can you bring a component of altruists that can be leveraged across multiple disease states and build a strong platform um, and today the marketplace that we built opening arteries to the world has led to um, 200 more use cases that range from a wide variety of pathology and, and uh, disease state.
0: So let's talk about the marketplace. I mean, you have the marketplace, the platform, and the applications uh, we Mm -hmm. mentioned before. And -hmm. you also have developed open models for COVID-19, for example. So with your approach, um, you democratize medical imaging in a sense with AI Mm -hmm. models, and you allow developers also to build their own applications and share their modeling, um, which is also very interesting. So what's the impact transparency has on your business, and what are the key learnings that you've had?
1: So there are several parts to it I was sending out. Yeah, I think the first one is that in healthcare, if you really are true to your value about saying, hey, we want to democratize and make healthcare available to everyone, I been mean, build a web platform. It made really a lot of sense for us when we realized how much friction there is today around the world on making AI available to patients. So I went to conferences many times There's one which is quite famous called MidKai, where you arrive every year, you have 400 posters describing amazing technology and AI and and advanced analytics that can really bring incredible value to patients. Um, and if you were to guess how many of those translate into medicine to impact patient, the number is zero. And so we realized that year after year, that is a lot of amount of research, and AI is one example of it, that never see uh, and never impact patient. And the reason is, is because, again, the infrastructure issue is so complicated today that they can't get installed into a hospital setting. And so we felt through the office platform, we can really ease that process. So you go for something that takes some time, up to several years, to now become several minutes and literally as simple as uploading a YouTube video. And the other part of AI is always change the practice in a way that AI grows so fast and there's so many people working around the world around that, that the previous paradigm, which is about locking the the customers and and forcing them on your solution and, and making sure that they can't see any other of the technology called applications is no longer working because AI demand a very fast iteration loop and and the the hospitals and the doctors, they want freedom. They want to really access to as many AI and want to be in control. So it changes the game. And we felt that again, back to our core values, it was about really um, enabling data-driven medicine. Then it's about open innovation. It's about letting people build, test, iterate quickly um, and deploy into their clinical environment, AI solution, and let the the field decide what is most valuable. So therefore, adding a system for the very first time of rating, of creating a community on Slack that everyone can interact from physician to researchers to clinician to IT uh, personnel all together to make the field move forward. And that was what drove our effort.
0: How do you train your algorithms and AI models to tackle issues like data bias or evolving disease?
1: Um, So the the way to do that is really you have these two factors into doing that. The main one is you want really a big, broad, um, diverse data set as your raw data set, as the number of cases you collect. So you want more in the case of imaging, you want multiple scanners, you want multiple types of of sequences, you want different type of version uh, and model and so forth. Uh, from different regions around the world. And then the the way you do that after that is you need to get those data annotated to create what's called grand truth data that serve as a training data set that will be used by the data scientists to build an AM model. And so for those grand truth, that's where you want... Um, now you don't want uh, breadth, you want depth. So you want really very high expert physician and clinician to annotate those data uh, and be extremely precise. And the way you do that also leveraging your cloud platform is to um, have multiple physician annotating the same data set. And you can maybe three-quarter consensus roll. So you say, look, after three out of four being saying this is the right grand truth and this is a lesion, then you take that input as a grand truth data. So you have to do that. And then after you deploy your model and test it, the value of a cloud-based system uh, lowers a little bit the bar because by having a web system, you have a one-to-one correlation and connection between the researchers and the clinician. And so therefore, if someone, when we suggest a lesion somewhere and the physician disagrees with it or think that the contours is wrong, he or she can edit it. And then the, the researcher can get that feedback loop, retrain um, his or her models and deploy in the next days or, or weeks. And so that creates a, a very strong way to account for the edge cases and for the, the type of cases that were not taken into consideration at the start of when the model was created.
0: So what's your perspective on combining other sources of information and bringing other sources of information from the patient's journey, like you were mentioning before, including electronic health records, pathology results, prescription information, and similar?
1: So that's one of the passion that... I think arthritis has been trying to lead for the last five years, uh, I think before almost anyone didn't think about predictive. So we're really, um, it was very clear to us, that's where the future of healthcare grows and not only um, in terms of clinical, but also research. So if you look at research today, most of the papers that you find on healthcare and medicine are always based on cohort of around the order of magnitude of 100 patients. So you can't find a lot of really big advancements in healthcare on the cohort that side so we think that if we can go for 100 to hundred thousand, or even one day maybe tens of million of patients we're going to start seeing very very different kind of new biomarkers and opening the doors to new medicine and, and new treatments and so that's for something that was very clear and that's why the value of the cloud giving you that compute level and that ai capability is so important and so bringing that back to your question i think that's exactly the future so the future will become preventative and predictive and so when you look at one patient, you'll be able to use unsupervised DL and other kind of to find similar cases and then combine them with EMR data, populations, genomics, and so forth. And therefore, as a result of that, look at what would be the most uh, valuable treatment for those patients and give that data back to the physician so they can really view data-driven, informed uh, diagnosis and treatment. So today, when you look at, again, taking the, the example of the Google Maps analysis, they can tell you what is the best time where you can take that that uh, journey from A to B uh, based on thousands of days when they've been really analyzing it. Well, imagine you can do that on healthcare, it would be so profound. And so we've been working on that on, on lung cancer uh, to start to prove that thesis on being able to find when you look at a lesion, is that lesion malign and benign based on AI? And that's really barely, barely scratching the surface. I think that field can go so, so much deeper um, and the beauty of it as well is that now you can be in the middle of uh, Europe or US or Africa or Asia, wherever you are, you have the same information at your fingertips to so you know how to diagnose and what would be the best treatment for you. And I think that's really important.
0: Before you were talking uh, or we were discussing the impact of COVID 19 in in health industry, mm-hmm. what do you think? are the main consequences of COVID-19 and technology in the, for, in the near future for the industry in general?
1: So I started ArtWis in 2011, and we really started coding in 2013. And for the last seven, eight years, I had at least 100 conversations of uh, people from hospital to large companies and so forth that kept telling me that the model of a cloud and AI solution was the wrong one and that the system of healthcare works on an on-premise solution. And therefore, I would have a much more success and, and um, traction if I were to follow and conform to the norm. And it was very clear to me that if we were to be honest, you really try to make a dent and change healthcare and impact patient lives. And therefore, you have to do what, is, what healthcare demands um, and what is right. And so it's been a, a again, the current journey in some ways to pioneer something in a, such an entrenched industry. What is interesting with COVID is that it really highlights that thesis and that really on-prem, for example, today, if you want to deploy AI. And what is interesting in COVID, of course, there's two factors. The first one is that it's uh, uh, imaging is a very important biomarkers for diagnosis COVID. And so you can really, uh, if you can start finding patient have COVID early on, you can predict how they're going to evolve. You can uh, discriminate the one from COVID to pneumonia. You have enormous amount of value in places when they have accurate physician and good level physician, but also places when they don't. So therefore, AI is really an important piece of COVID. But you will have no chance today to deploy AI in a packed system or on-premise solution inside the firewall of a hospital. And so therefore cloud system proved to be have unique value to make that happen. I think there's around two to three hundred researchers working on it around the world now with around five model and one from UCSD that got started getting a lot of traction. And they all connect and install it to the authors because there's no other way to do it. So I think that COVID really highlighted that having a cloud AI solution for healthcare and moving from pre-internet to internet state is the right thing to do and it's time to do it. And I believe that digital transformation in healthcare will only be accelerated from now on. And a lot of companies have been struggling to make headway like authors in different domains of healthcare because of pushing a, a digital strategy against entrance players is going to really got uh, momentum going forward, and I've here, I've heard a lot of stories of mobile apps and telemedicine is another example, and so forth. Um, they're getting incredible boosts of acceleration. So I feel the COVID will be the, the markers of healthcare finally en- entering the digital internet era for good.
0: Following this idea, talking about the digital era and the global health landscape, uh, we Mm -hmm. see more collaboration and more willingness of digitization in the industry. Do you think this will continue? And what do you think are the main implications?
1: Yeah, I think it will continue on on many, many fronts, because I think it it was, again, uh, attempted for the last 10 years by by different sectors of healthcare. It's just that the the system was in kind of lockdown mode because of the players making so much money on those traditional methods um, that they didn't want to change anything and, and prevent those changes from happening. COVID has changed that uh, paradigm. And so now I think definitely it will be more like we've seen in, on imaging, for example, that we have uh, our marketplaces is, is as an open innovation model, which I think will become the norm in healthcare. And it's already been the case in research. Uh, you have many people all over the world collaborating, using and M- When you're on the internet, um, you have to, of course, take care of the data privacy and the, and the data reservation rights. But assuming you can account for that, then the the research is a, is a complete, um, peer-to-peer, uh, place and it, and probably one of the most peer-to-peer industry in the world. So it makes all the sense in the world to start enabling those collaboration that are the core of what is the DNA of healthcare.
0: Uh, is there anything else you would like to add to the interview?
1: Uh, I think the, the part that was say was important is also the data privacy piece, which is a linchpin of this field. Um, and so on the, on the notion of, of there's two parts I would say that would be interesting. One is of the notion of data privacy and importance of it, and the, the, I would say the standardization and the interoperability of data in healthcare. The fact that each hospital is so entrenched in the IT system, with is really a, a blocker that needs to be addressed. And lastly, I think also if you are in a you in know insurance world, I think using combining insurance and AI is a really interesting strategy and potential, um, and because enabling that risk of AI to be alleviated by having insurance products around it, um, I think is something that could be very interesting as well.
0: Fabian, thank you so much for your time. I especially like the last point where you mentioned the implication of, um, I mean, in general, is AI applied towards people, right? Because at the end, insurance companies, they, they're worried and they care the most about protecting people and preventing disease and giving people, if you're sick, giving you the best possible treatment mm-hmm. that increases your chance your chance of survival, right? Um, so, definitely, I think this is a point where for us, at least as core, as a reinsurer, this is something that we put a lot of energy into. And that's why, you know, we're also looking into the ecosystem. It's not just solutions that as a, re- as a reinsurer, uh, we've only focused on a B2B business, but we understand that we need to go beyond that point. So, yep. really, really appreciate it.
1: No, for sure, and I think that's exactly right. Uh, I think insurance. I think have a lot of of va- alignment of values, alignment system with the patient to make sure they get the best diagnosis at the right time, the best treatment. Without having some form of biases that will force them to be incentivized to do something that would not be in their best interest. Um, and also conclude that, as I mentioned here yeah, on my email, I left Alapris a month ago. So those points are just based on my experience as a founder and and a, and a former CEO, but not. Um, official um, viewpoint your of company has today because I'm not um, legally uh, working for them anymore.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that insights with us uh, and then thank you for your time.